I wish I could do a cool Vincent Price voice at this point because this would be the point where Vincent Price or maybe um, uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock walks in or uh, or Elvira Rod Serling Good comes evening. in. This, ladies and Welcome gentlemen, to Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> this, ladies and gentlemen, is got to be one of our scariest shows that we've ever done. I believe this was recorded in late October of 2010. This was done as a Halloween episode, and we were telling scary stories. It had to do with dreaming. Uh, it starts off with me recounting a dream, and then it just gets a little weirder and weirder and weirder. And then you're going to hear the show completely cuts off. And we thought we'd lost the show. But thanks to technology and the intard webs, it's resurrected. And we're presenting it to you tonight. Major spoilers, The Lost Podcast. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, podcast, the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad you could join us on this weekend. Rodrigo is joining us. Hello. Matthew welcome is joining us. Welcome to the weekend. Woohoo! I hope your weekend is really starting off fun and you're having a wild, crazy time and that you're going to enjoy the upcoming Want List episode and the upcoming Critical Hit episode, depending on when you're downloading and listening. Hello, future Hello, people. Future people. And the theoretical hero history on Sunday that may or may not happen if my work schedule is still insane. Forsooth, men from the world of you tomorrow. You know, I had a, an insane um, schedule uh, about a week and a half ago. I wrote about it kind of a little bit up on the Major Spoiler mm-hmm. site where I was going in one direction and then my real world boss, my RWB, came in and totally twisted it. Totally flip turned upside down. Inside out and backwards to where essentially <laughs> I, I was walking away with. And he'd like to take a minute, just sit right there and tell you how he strangled his boss and watched him gasping for air. <laughs> you uh, were ready with that a little bit too quickly, Matthew. It makes me wonder how often Matthew, you thought Matthew's about Matthew's quick that. on the draw. Uh, but, you know, I, I essentially Matthew is a rapper, yo. From I a got week, bad skills. For about a week, I had less than, in those in those days, uh, less than probably six hours of sleep for the week. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was stealing minutes here and there. I would come home, wife would come home. <laughs> While driving? No, yeah. <laughs> I would lay down on the couch uh, when my wife got home with our son, and I'd be sitting there, and he'd be like, Daddy, let's watch this TV show. And I'd be like, okay, great, let's watch it together. I'd put my arm around him, and I would doze off for a half hour, and that mm-hmm. was my sleep. And then I'd be up until 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, get up at 6 o'clock and do it again. One day, I literally went to bed. I don't know why I even did this. I went to bed at 5.50 and got up at 6 o'clock. I have no idea why I did that. I'm just well, like, I just need to lay down for 10 state, minutes. You know, I need to like, lay down for 10 minutes. This seems like a good idea right now. What do you think, talking fish? Well, I just didn't <laughs> want the alarm. That's one thing we'll talk about. I just didn't want the alarm clock to go off and wake up everybody in the house before mm-hmm. you know I had a chance to take a shower and get things ready in the morning. But talking fish, my God. <laughs> I think we've talked about sleep deprivation yes. before and the weird things that happen. But it's just like, I'm sitting there working on stuff and all of a sudden this cockroach comes crawling across my keyboard while i'm typing and it's just like hello how you doing you know it's kind of goes about his business i'm like whoa, whoa. and then i'm looking like there's no cockroach there what's that creepy crawly thing right in the corner of my eye whoa, you know what is that mm-hmm. sleep de- deprivation is not fun uh it, it can be at a very particular well, it moment it is funny and then because it passes that very quickly because then i you know as i was sitting there in these you weird can't trust your own body to drug you it, it is very it difficult is, to get the right it's dose. weird to do and i know we talked about this in, in our, i think our altered states episode mm-hmm. but it's just so weird to sit there on the toilet and all of a sudden the pattern the tile pattern on the mm-hmm. floor yep. starts sh- moving and shifting and the little depending on the pattern a little face pops up and starts talking to you and it's like i don't understand what you're saying but please keep it up or at this time, I realized what was happening long before because I've done this before. Right. I realized what was about to happen. And so at those points, it was like, okay, I need to take that 10-minute nap mm-hmm. or I need to just curl up for 30 minutes and close my door in my office and just take a nap at work for 30 minutes. And it's it because I didn't want it to go past the really trippy parts. 
mm-hmm. where all of a sudden there are things jumping out at me while I'm driving down the street and I have a kid in the car with me. Right. Kind of stuff. But man, when I did sleep, my God, Rodrigo, the dreams. Now, I know some of us just have dreams based on uh, the day's what events. What you ate. What you ate, the day's events, you know, the, the moment, the, the radio that you're listening to when you go to sleep. But I will state again that my dreams mean something. Mm-hmm. Matthew, what do dreams mean to you? When you have a dream, I mean, I know now you are on a different kind of a sleep um, schedule where you're actually sleeping through the night as opposed to dying 50 yeah. times a night. <laughs> Uh, first of all, I only had 104 apneas in 60 minutes. Okay. We'll see. You know, granted it sounds like a lot. Um, my problem is my brain is like Microsoft. What was Microsoft's slogan? Bum, 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 bum. Crash. The Microsoft slogan. What do you want to do today? Uh huh. Mm -hmm. My brain basically says, who do you want to fuck today? And I have these huge erotic dreams about virtually any woman ever. I mean, just really weird stuff. There's a woman who I never talked to at work. And I had this dream. It was like this whole, um, what is the movie where Burt Lancaster is lying in the surf and making out with her? Here to eternity. East of, no, from here to eternity. Yeah, I had this huge from here to eternity dream about this woman whom I don't even find attractive. Mm-hmm. Had no interactions with her, have no idea where it came from, and all of a sudden my brain is like, oh, she's a wonderful kisser. And, you know, I, when I go to sleep, I put my little mask on, and it puts the oxygen straight to my brain, and apparently I spend more time in that REM state. Yeah. Hmm. But for me, the vast majority of my dreams are either completely pedantic crap. Such like, as? Give me an example. You know, uh... I got, I got a no, and then I try to figure out. When I started working in television as a master control op, uh, pushing tapes at KBSH, I had nightmares that I couldn't find the right tape. Oh, sure, mm-hmm. sure. When I, when I started working in customer service, I used to have nightmares that I couldn't figure out how to answer the phone, or I couldn't figure out the answer to the question. You know, the, the standard issue stuff. But as I have aged, I find that my dreams really fall now into two categories. Uh, you know, you get that completely boring thing or you get psychotic pornography. <laughs> and the thing is, it's it's good pornography with like it's like that that Pirates movie that was really exciting and it has oh, yeah. all this stuff. And Jesse James, you know, yeah. there's always like things going on and excitement and a cast of thousands sometimes during the sex scenes. But <laughs> it's pretty much for some reason, my brain, given enough oxygen and the ability to think about anything will apparently imagine my friend Jennifer naked. <laughs> but that's, I, wanna, I mean, that's what happens. But I want to know what, what, what are dreams, Rodrigo? What are they? Um, there's a lot of theories about what dreams are. I, my, I have, I own a book of a dream interpretation yeah, that sure. I got when I was a kid. Right. Um, and my parents will still call me for me to... You know, somebody will have a weird dream and I will consult the tome, mm-hmm. um, basically. And they're really, really weird. And the funny thing is, is that they'll usually say, you know, if you dream about a snake, it means this. And sometimes it'll be kind of an obvious thing is like, it means that somebody close to you is trying to, is going to betray you eventually or hmm. betray your trust or something like that. Because it depends on it's been, if you're having a Kundalini dream, the snake right. is actually a good thing because it. Right, as you move right. up your spiritual chakras, you know, right. the snake starts and, and sometimes it's stuff like head. that. It's like, well, right. a snake means that a disease is going to be healed or something like right, that. Right, like, right. I'm just using snake as an example. Right, 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 right. And what then does it mean it's when funny because the snake is crawling through a field of microphones towards a big hole in the ground. It means, Matthew, sometimes the snake is just a snake. Um, and then, uh, but it's funny because that book always has the second paragraph pretty much for everything was this if a young woman dreams about a right, snake, right. Then this happens, and it's usually something completely different. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the prevailing theory on dream interpretation is, but apparently women are somehow, like young women are somehow different. Their minds collect or connect to the uh, greater human subconscious in a different way. So that was a key thing that you said right there, this greater uh, human subconscious. Mm-hmm. Are our dreams, when we enter the dream state, are we connected with with other dreamers with the other people i mean i've never had an instant no. an instance where i've gone to sleep 
and purposefully in my dream said, you know, tonight I'm going to contact Rodrigo in my dream and see what kind of an adventure we can have. Certainly don't want to contact Matthew after what he's just told me. Um, but I want to, you know, I want to see if I have this shared experience with Rodrigo and we both wake up and we both talk about the shared experience. Is that, is that what you mean by the shared subconscious? Sort of, but it's, it's a lot more either complex or difficult than that. Obviously, if people could willingly go talk to each other in their dreams and there's something that happened, it would be something that would be well cataloged. Um, there or are easily dismissed. Uh, I, I think about the third or fourth time that Chuck shows up in your dreams and then Chuck <laughs> sends you on Facebook, hey, you know how I was in your dream last night? You'd, you'd be like, okay, Chuck is entering my dreams Sure, somehow. sure, sure, sure. Um, and there's a lot of stuff where people will have violent dreams before a major catastrophe. Right. And multiple people will have that. Now, whether that right. means that they're all connected to each other right. or just that they are somehow sensitive chronologically to the backwards vibrations that this will create in the space-time continuum. You know, it's... it's you, you know about this egg project? The egg project? The egg project. It's a bunch of universities are taking part of this where... I don't know what it is. It's... I can't explain it correctly and people need to look it up. But essentially there are these little computerized modules mm. that detect... I'm going to put in quotes something because I forget at the moment what those somethings are. Uh, chronotons? Well, we can call it chronotons, heightened awareness, uh, theta waves, theta waves, whatever it is. But what happens is the moments leading up to a natural disaster, a big natural disaster, or some major change in society, these little eggs, which are randomly running off numbers, all start to align at times prior to these events. So like when 9-11 happened, there's this huge spike in alignment of all of these eggs. And they're just like spouting out random just, numbers? Yeah, it's just spouting out random numbers all the time. But then all of a sudden they start to align and they all spike right around times, like I said, when the uh, uh, tsunami hit uh, Thailand, when 9-11 happened, when all these other things happen, big earthquakes, they see these little spikes. Sometimes they're a day ahead, sometimes they're minutes ahead, sometimes they're hours ahead, but they're thinking that this is... Um, our subconscious, the, the world's subconscious, tapping into this event that's about to happen mm. and triggering these things subconsciously. And I don't know if dreams are that way, too. I mean, I have, I, I've, again, I've never had an instance where I've entered a dream and I've had a dream of, about Rodrigo or us going out and doing things. And then the next day saying, Rodrigo, did you ever have a strange dream like that? Or even with my wife or my kid or anything like that. Um, so uh, I guess my... I have this weird theory. I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I believe in the multiverse, you know, that there are multiple universes mm -hmm. butting up against each other. And when we dream, we are actually entering ourselves in another universe. Interesting. And that sounds, sounds like Matthew's a real player in another <laughs> universe. <laughs> he might be, but you know, I'll go into a universe where we are a, 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 a colonizers on a di distant planet. And mm -hmm. we are being attacked by aliens, or we are in a universe where there is a zombie invasion, or we are in a universe where XYZ happens, but doesn't happen here. And I don't know if it's my brain just saying, this guy leads a boring-ass life, and I need to give him some excitement, or if there are some dreams that I have entered the dream state multiple times where I've gone back to those places. Mm -hmm. And it's just like it's always right. picked up right where the last one left off. And so I don't know if it's just me being super creative, if it's a series of, of uh, seizures that are going on inside my brain that are triggering these things or what. Pepperoni calzone. Pepperoni calzone could be, seizure. The, you know, it could be a seizure, could be a heart attack, lack of oxygen, what, what, what you have. But it's just really weird how this happens, right? Mm -hmm. anything, anything, does that sound totally off base, totally weird? totally uh, out there I, I think that the problem with that is that sometimes dreams are dreams are really weird so right to imagine that there is a world in which there is a zombie a zombie apocalypse has happened is maybe not so strange but to then think that in that world there are also talking cats and you can fly right then you start getting in then that theory might start breaking down well, I, I don't think... have too many dreams where the dog just sits up and says well Stephen let's have a subtle conversation about da -da 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 -da. And, and, or anything and... like that I think that you, like, some people tend to have very realistic dreams or very structured dreams, mm -hmm. and some people just kind of flow all over the place. So, uh, to it, it, to me, 
saying, well, these might be alternate realities in which this is happening, and I'm somehow connected to zombie world Steven and future colonizer Steven. Um, it, it seems problematic to me in the sense that there are people who never have very congruous dreams. Right, right. So do they just contact their or maybe they just don't selves? remember? Maybe they just don't remember. It's, it's possible that they just don't remember, but everybody remembers at least one very lucid, you know, kind yeah, of dream, trippy dream like that. Well, I mean, I've had lucid dreams just the other night. I went to bed at literally one twenty nine in the morning, mm-hmm. laid my head down, and all of a sudden I'm just standing on this porch somewhere, and I'm just like, well, this is odd. How the hell did I get on this porch? Oh, I know. I'm dreaming. And to enter the rim, the rim stage of sleep is something that does take a little bit of time to get into, to have a fully realized dream, mm-hmm. to realize that you're dreaming, and then to get out of that dream state is actually qu- quite a long process. I opened my eyes, and I was like, whoa. That's got to have been at least an hour and a half because that's a typical dream cycle. I looked, it's one thirty-eight in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's part of the lack of sleep that's going on. Oh, yeah, on. definitely. But so people can realize that they're in a dream state. Maybe they can manipulate it. Maybe they're in a world where magic can happen. And you can do mm-hmm. all these things. Talking cats, flying cats. Illusion. <laughs> what, is the, what is the strangest, most bizarre, most upsetting dream that you have ever had? And I'm going to tell you the story that might freak you out. Ooh. Matthew, besides the weird sex stuff. If there are any tiny children listening, (laughs) you you, might want to stop now until they grow. Yes. In 1988. Oh, this is already scary. Oh, the hair, the clothing. I moved moved from my grandmother's house to live with my mother and her third husband. And I met this beautiful young lady named Janelle, and we hung out, and she was probably my best friend for year, year and a half. Gorgeous little thing. Ended up sleeping with one of my roommates in college, neither here nor there. And probably 15 years later, I had the single most realistic dream of my recent life, where I was at her funeral. She was dead. I knew she was dead. I woke up absolutely poleaxed, gobsmacked, horrified, in tears, because I knew my friend was dead. So, being me, I went out on the in-par webs and, you know, finally tracked down her mom, and it turns out she ain't dead. But it was, I mean, it was intense. It was freaky that, you know, I hadn't even thought about this girl in forever, but it was just this huge, this absolutely paralyzing sense of loss. Mm-hmm that someone who'd been that important to me was gone in a dream. And I, you know, I hadn't seen her in forever. It was really strange, the kind of things that your brain will come up with. But that would, that's the one that really sticks with me as being a horrifying, you know, a painful experience. Mm-hmm. Waking up from that was just kind of like, oh, my God, that was awful. And it, it stuck with me for days. I had to do something about it. I had to go out and, you know, find out what the hell was going on sure. because it was just – it was bizarre. My wife had had a so, dream. So, you know, like, I, I don't. My wife had had a dream like that once where she was, she cheated on me in the dream mm-hmm. and she woke up and she was just so upset. She was mm-hmm. crying. She's like, oh my gosh, I did this in the dream. I feel so bad. It's like, it's just a dream. Yeah. You, know, you didn't actually do it, you know, but you know, and she was so upset and, yeah, and upset you don't have control some, of your subconscious. And... Yeah, true. So well, Matthew, some did, people do. Yeah. So what, so what, uh, you know, what did you learn from that experience, if there was one? Um, I learned the more you know. No, um, I learned pork chops. I learned that knowing uh, is roughly 50% of any given conflict. No, um, I don't have a, a strong belief that my dreams are rooted in reality solely because of the strangeness of my dreams, and yet somehow the pedestrian nature of them. I don't have, you know, those long swirling dreams like Barbie did in Dream Country and the Sandman, where she has this ongoing, you know, love affair, and she goes back and has all of these interactions. I usually don't do that. My dreams tend to be more about specific interactions or specific people, and more specifically what they look like naked on their back. But even when the dreams aren't about that... I feel like my dreams are more like brain droppings, kind of excretions of my mind getting rid of bits and pieces or, you know, just 
mulling over things that have happened. Sure. A couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, I had to fire a kid that I really liked. Great kid. Worked for me for almost two years. Really liked him. He's one of those people that I actually considered a friend. And it's dangerous to be a manager and have friends. And mm-hmm. I know this. And leading up to his termination and the decision to make that, I kept having these nightmares about terminations and the nightmares about what was going to happen with Jim and how, you know, how the whole thing was going to shake down. And I, it was, it was my anxiety basically trying to throw it out the window to the point where when it actually happened, it was nowhere near as bad as those nightmares. It was nowhere. It couldn't be as bad as some of the horrible feeling in that nightmare. And I wonder, you know, if it wasn't a protective mechanism, if it wasn't Mm -hmm. some portion of my rational mind running through this and basically saying, what's the worst case scenario? How's that going to make you feel? So that when it actually came time to have to do this unpleasant, distasteful thing, that I, you know, I, I kind of had a baseline of, well, at least it's not going to be as bad as it was in that particular night. Sure, 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 sure. Rodrigo, what about you? Um, the most disturbing dream I've had. Well, and it doesn't. I mean, disturbing doesn't have to mean that it's it's insane in the membrane kind of thing. Right. It doesn't have to mean that. Oh, I killed forty five people and I laughed all the way doing. It. I mean, I'm not. I'm just talking about something that <laughs> that wasn't a dream. That was <laughs> an average that, Thursday at work at Bunker Hill that Public changed, Television. It's something that changed oh, you. Please, and, there aren't thirty five people around <laughs> in the um, whole town. Yeah. <laughs> um, in Bunker Hill. Yeah. Here's here's a here's a story from college. Um my freshman year roommate, we were just talking and at at one point he said that the scariest dream that he had ever had was a dream in which he saw himself like he, there was oh, sure, him sure, sure. standing there. Sure. He was here and he was also there and he was looking at himself. Um and I was like, eh, I don't see what's so scary about that. So of course, not later that day Probably not in that same month, pretty close to the end of freshman year. Um, and and this, this is something that happens. Um, they woke us up on Sunday morning to get our housing lottery schedule thing because they knew that for college students is the only time when you can guarantee that they're going to be in. Right. Is in a Sunday morning. Um, so we all went out. We all like, you know, zombie our way to writing down what we wanted and got it all figured out. Then we all went back. And I went back to sleep. And usually, if I wake up and go back to sleep, I will have a nightmare. Mm, so, okay. but I was also completely exhausted. Right. Um, from partying so hard yeah. the day before. No. Because um, we know that's what you do. Because that is what I totally do, you guys. Um, so, I had this dream. <laughs> In which, and I don't remember, like, it was just kind of my regular, not particularly cohesive dreams. And all of a sudden, I was facing, like, this archway with, like, a house past it. And it was kind of an amalgamation of, like, a couple of the houses I live with. Mm-hmm. And I do a full 80, turn around, and there I am. And I am looking right at myself. And it was the most frightening thing that I have that has ever happened to me. I just felt such absolute panic at that moment. Why? I don't know. And thinking back about it, and I'm like... Did you like, look like yourself? I did. I looked entirely like I figure mirror, I picture mirror, myself mirror? looking. Yes. Um, so did you move your arm and it moved no, its arm? The the dream ended pretty oh. much right there. I mean, well, it's me! It was like it was like this protracted moment of panic oh, in sure, which sure, nothing sure. happened, and the dream ended. Second part of this story. Okay. My roommate had also gone back to sleep, and I was freaking out so bad that I started trying to scream Mm -hmm. while i was in my dream which of course just came out as like "Ah, ah, yeah yeah, so my roommate is having this dream in which he's returning a dvd to best buy because it's not what he wanted so he walks up to the cashier and he's like hey i'd like to return this and the cashier looks down at the dvd looks up at him and goes (laughs) (laughs) you you were spilling into his dream yeah so my my the noise that i was making you know woke him up he Got up, woke me up, and he's like, hey, dude, are you okay? And I'm like, we're never talking about dreams <laughs> again, you jerk. And now I've ruined it for you. Yep. All right. So <laughs> let me ask you this. Are dreams miscellaneous firings of our of the synapses in our brain? Is it just random 
throwing together this moment, that moment, and then our brain is also trying to comprehend these random firings off of, of, of stuffs. I think that people are sensitive to a lot of things, and they're sensitive to things that we don't understand mm-hmm. um, at this point. You know, I mean, you know, it's the sort of thing where, like, if somebody had told people, and, and when they first did, they kind of reacted this way, that there were tiny animals, and that's what made you sick. Right. They would have thought it was crazy, right? Right. So there's got to be something else out there. That said, just because people are maybe psionically sensitive to each other or to the time stream or to alternate dimensions doesn't mean that your brain doesn't also randomly fire when you're asleep. Um, What about... And I think it's a little bit of both. I think it is, you know, working out stuff that's happened. It is, like, I very frequently have dreams in which I'm exhausted and in which I am running, 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 trying to find a glass of water because I'm so thirsty. Mm-hmm. And I have those dreams when I'm really tired, the first one, and when I'm really dehydrated right. for the second one. I have these dreams in which I'm trying, and this is just my body saying, hey, you need water, but I'm too tired to wake up. Right, right, So right, right. here's a dream about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have those dreams that you, you have to go to the bathroom, so you're going to the bathroom in your dream, and then you wake right. up and go, holy crap, I better get to the bathroom yep. kind of stuff. Or uh, and what did your dream book say about seeing yourself in your dream? It it didn't it it had like for seeing yourself it had like basically a whole chapter on oh, it. Oh really? And it's like if you see yourself and your other self doesn't see you as this, if you see yourself like making a money transaction is this. If you see yourself dying, it means this. And it was usually kind of stuff that didn't particularly tie into it. It's like if you see yourself dying, it means that a part of your former life will become detached and but it's not necessarily a bad thing, kind oh, of thing, okay. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um if a young woman sees herself on a boat with a yellow umbrella, it means <laughs> that, you know she's pregnant. Mon- yeah, it means that triplets. monetarily speaking there's a lot of dreams that aren't just like it means that she will soon become pregnant. Right, right, right. You know, things stuff like that. Yeah. Matthew what about these dreams? Mm-hmm. How is it that in your dreams you see people that you have literally never, ever met before in your life? How does that happen? Well, I don't know what you mean by see people you've never met before. I you mean, mean like pre- see people before, they, before you meet them? No, no. I'm saying that in your dreams, and maybe this is me again being weird, but I will have dreams mm-hmm. where I am interacting with people. That I have you don't never, know? that I, th- in my dreams, I know them, but I have never seen their faces before. I don't know who these people are, except for these names that I find out in my dream about them. Uh, to me, these are complete strangers, random people, people that I have no idea who they could be. Uh, my friend Charlie right. White says, oh, well, that's your brain just, you know, you've seen all these images throughout the day and your brain is just amalgamating all no, these right. people into these new these new people. It's just your no, brain it, doing those kinds of things. Well, let me, let me posit you a posit for just a moment. Okay. There is, there is a man. His name is Charles Marion Collins. He grew up ridiculously tall, very unhappy about it. He grew up in a suburb of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Grew up to be a relatively nice man, had a, Failed career in basketball, ended up buying a bar, drifted into another career. You know, I know all about this man. Right. But if somebody says to me, tell me about this man, I can do that. I can tell you everything about him. I can tell you, you know, the way he walks, the way he moves. And his name is the Mighty King Cobra. He's my primary avatar in the SmackDown versus Raw video game that I play. Right. You know, Orem Rivendorn. Uh, Halston Thorkelson, you know, these characters in our head are amalgamations of things that we've put together. They're created, they're fictions. So we can say that, yes, after almost a year of being Orem or, you know, in, inhabiting Orem or Torque, these imaginary characters, yes, we have a framework for what they are. But when we first started, they're just people that we don't know. I think that when your mind is creating that, it's kind of the same thing as, you know, if you're writing a story or if you're, you know, if you're just riffing something that's happening. Have you ever just made up a story? Have you ever done like the exquisite corpse where you write a portion of a story and you hand it off to the next guy and the next mm-hmm. guy and it comes oh, back sure, around sure. to you? Right. 
I feel like, you know, the mind is capable of amazing things and really weird things. And sometimes these people who don't exist may be, you know, people we wish existed, people mm-hmm. that, you know, people that we'd like to know or archetypes of people like, say, for instance, when, when you think about a specific dream and you wake up and you say, well, that dream was about my wife, you don't necessarily picture well, I don't necessarily picture my wife's features. I know that, you know, a, a person that I'm interacting with is my wife, mm-hmm. even though it's not like a movie where I see my wife working. Or a person that I'm interacting with is my best friend from my senior year of high school. Or right, my right. mother. Or, and, you know, other characters, you know, people I've interacted with. And that's And that's important because I think that when you're having a dream like your conscious mind is always trying to fill in gaps right. of things and and, and right. put patterns together you know you right. look at a a the little uh the the plug in or or where you plug into like the outlet and it looks like a little face you see right. the superman logo and you don't necessarily see two fish you know uh, swimming in opposite directions, it's an S because you fill in the blank space. Right. I see two fish. I I saw I two, two fish, fish as a kid. I saw two fish for the longest time and could not understand why Superman had an emblem with two fish until Evangelio was like, oh, okay, <laughs> awesome. Anyway, I think that when you have dreams, and and this goes back to the the little goblin that you were talking to when you yeah. were sleep deprived, Stephen. Um, it's not that the wall or the floor told you a hilarious story, it's that your brain said laughter or that your brain says recognition. Right. And when the second that you wake up, you were like, I recognize that person. And your brain is like, oh no, I don't have, I don't have a file for this. So it's like, maybe that person looked a little bit like Rodrigo. Okay. Let me flip your head. Okay. Let me flip your lids. Don't do it too hard though. Cause I'm going to try. This was the most bizarre thing that has ever happened to me as far as dreams go. I mean, mm-hmm. there's been some weird things that have happened, but this is bizarre. This is I'm not a religious person, but God's honest truth, mm-hmm. a actual true story of events as they happen. Ooh. I'm asleep and I go into the dream state in the dream. I am riding in an airplane an older airplane, uh, you know, like these prop planes, not a jet. It's a smaller plane. There are, including myself, as far as I can tell, eight people on board this plane. Interesting. There is an older, somewhat heavyset man sitting in the seat in front of me. Uh, you know, I really don't know. It's kind of coldish, stormish, whatever. Trouble. The plane goes down. And I, you know, when you have a dream where you are, you know, they say you're, you're falling out of a, out of a building, you're about mm-hmm. to hit the ground, you do the car, da, 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 you wake up from your dream. I followed this plane all the way into the ground to the point where, I, I don't know if you've ever been in a car accident, but you know, you get this moment of impact where you black out for a moment and then you kind of yeah. come back to plane crashes. I black out for that instance, and this is all in the dream. I haven't woken up. I, I'm, I'm literally panicking in the dream. Mm-hmm. I wake up, and I'm looking at this face of this old guy, and he's still alive for a moment. And he is going, help me, help me. And then he dies right there in front of me. Mm-hmm. And it's that point when he's saying, help me, help me, that I freak out, and I wake up. And the only thing when I wake up, I can remember those entire events of the dream. The only other thing that I can remember from the dream was the flight number. Mm-hmm. Flight number 599. Hmm. And I was like, well, that's a weird thing to kind of remember, flight 599. And so for a couple of days, I'm just in this weird state of, I was in a plane crash. I saw this old man in front of me saying, help me, help me. Oh my gosh, we're, we're dying. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is obviously dead around me in this wreckage of this plane. Older plane, wood, metal, all this stuff. And it's really bothering me for like a couple of days. And so finally I say, I wonder if there has been a plane crash of Flight 599. And I go out and I do a search for Flight 599. Swear to God, I've never heard of Flight 599 before Mm -hmm. it popped in my dream. I know people are going, oh, bullshit, you know, calling that stuff right now. I find... TWA Flight 599 crashed 
in March March 31st, 1931. Nice. So in my dream, I am riding in an older plane. Nice. It is cold. Okay. Uh, this uh, this particular plane was a, a Fokker F10. I have no idea what a Fokker F10 looks like. <laughs> All right. I'm not in Matthew's dreams. But those two things <laughs> struck me as odd right away. Right. Okay. It was cold. This plane did crash. It was an older plane. It is Flight 599. How creepy weird is that? Mm-hmm. And so I'm reading about this, and it says one of the people that crashed was uh, Root Noc- uh, uh, Newt Rockney, who was the, uh, the football coach at, at Notre Dame. Okay? And I was like, oh, well, I know who Root Newt Rockney is. I've heard that name many a times. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's a link to his, to his bio. I click on this, and in my, as far as I know, up until this point, when this happened, this happened like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit before that, but roughly a year ago. I click on this picture. The face that pops up Ugh. is the man that was uh, looking at nice. me after the dream. Nice. Telling me, help me, help me, we are dying. Mm-hmm. I still get shivers today from this because you look at this guy. <laughs> Newt Rockney was the guy in that dream looking back at me. I don't care what anybody says. I've never heard of Root, Newt Rockney's plane going down in Bizarre, Kansas. Or Bay Bars, Bazar, Kansas, mm-hmm. Bazaar, Kansas. It's how bizarre of a story is this? Right. 1931. Never heard of this story before. I knew who he was. I knew he was a football coach. Didn't really know who he looked like. Maybe, maybe, and this is what Charlie, uh, my friend's uh, explanation of this is: you saw a picture of Newt Rockney, mm-hmm. you know, 50 years ago or whatever it was, and your your memory, your mind is just triggering that, right? But to have Remember this flight number from the dream to remember being in this plane to being in a crash in the cold in a field, this guy looking back at me and then to find out that this shit really happened is, I don't know, explain that to me, explain what happened, Matthew or Rodrigo. <laughs> I, I think and you- there, hanging from the rear view mirror. Was a bloody is that, hook. Is that weird or what? No, that is I mean, that weird. doesn't I mean up until that moment when I said, what is Flight 599 and me looking it up, no idea what any of that was. And then when I found out, it was like, <gasps> yeah, you know, it, it was like the zoom in and, and it just and, uh, it just makes me time. think that at some point you did something wrong because clearly there's supposed to be a second and third act to this movie and you just didn't follow up on it. I guess not. I, I counted that there had to have been at least eight people in the plane. Eight people died in that crash. Yep. Um, which means that you also died in that. Well, that also gets a little bizarre as well. Um, there, you know, my, my family, um, on both sides, the women in my family and, uh, also me, unfortunately, to a certain extent, have a bad knack of dreaming about the future. Right. Instead of the past Mm -hmm. where my aunt will wake up and this Spir- like this sprawling network of people will start calling each other it's like hey Aunt Griselda had a dream yeah, yeah, are yeah. you okay yeah, are your yeah. kids okay right. and blah, blah 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 and sure enough eventually there's a red dot where somebody's not checking back mm-hmm. and it's because something happened to them mm. you know and my mom and aunts have it down to a science to the point where I'm like hey mom I had this weird dream and this and this thing happened to them and I saw one of our relatives who's not around anymore. And he was trying to tell me something mm-hmm. and just like, okay, I'll start making calls and blah, 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 blah. And sure enough, somebody has been in a car accident or somebody had a baby or something mm-hmm. like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can always explain it away. Right. You can always say, well, you know, our family is expansive enough that at any given point, some, str- somebody's experiencing some strong emotion or some important part of their lives. Right. So you can, this can always happen. Right. But, to another extent, is like, how does it always happen? You know, why is there never actually a dull moment when somebody has these crazy, uh, terrible, uh, you know, mm, uh, what I want to say, uh, prescient dreams? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, Matthew. What does my dream mean? What is it? How did that happen? Well, I, I don't know. I think that the human mind is extremely complex. And if we, you know, if we were just to say the explanation is someday years ago, you actually read about Newt Rockney crashing in a crash. 
It, well, it, it, first of all, that sets the preposition or the supposition that somehow your eight, nine, ten-year-old brain maintained this for 20 years when I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. So right. that's right. unrealistic. But if we say that somehow the spirit of Newt Rockney called out, you know, as, as though eight spirits were screaming out in silence and then, no, never mind, I tried a Star Wars joke and it failed. I replied back, but, no. <laughs> and well, and that's the thing. No. If we... Well, obviously, if something we, that happened, something that happened 50 years ago... Or however many years ago, 80 years ago, 70 but, years ago, 80 years ago. There's nothing I can do about it now. And you know what? I actually I, I actually talked about this particular dream. Uh, I'm going to have to go look because I may have actually had this dream on or around the anniversary of that crash, too. That makes it even a little bit more bizarre. Yeah. Let, me look, let me look it up real quick because I, I know the date that we recorded this show before when it happened. But go yeah. ahead, Matthew. More, well... It, there could be a, a number of explanations. The one that, that Charlie put forth is definitely possible. The one that states that maybe looking at that picture of Newt Rockney and your brain filling in the blanks and saying, oh, my God, that was it. That's all a possibility as well. But it may truly be that, you know, as insensitive as you are to people who are alive, <laughs> when you're asleep, you're incredibly sensitive to, you know, Things that are more, I don't know, metaphysical, spiritual. I think that there's a great deal that we don't understand. And I won't, you know, walk around and say we believe, you know, we, there are ghosts and they live in my pants. No. But I can't tell you for sure that there aren't ghosts. And I can't tell you that there aren't pyrokinetics. And there aren't, you know, people with the shining. Right. You know? The shinning. The shinning. Maybe, you don't there, want to get there sued. Is the shinning. Right, 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 right. Well, that'll get a suit, too, because that's a Matt Groening trademark. Crap, we're going to call it the Shinto. But no, because then that's religiously sensitive. Damn it. But in any case, whatever it is that he may have, you know, you, I don't think we can really understand how that mind works. And to try and pretend that we understand the complexities of human nature I think that that's probably a really foolish idea. I know that there are a lot of times when my brain has made connections that I didn't get. Uh, point, case in point, at one point a couple of years ago, I was working with a woman who's a lovely woman. And she's perfectly, she's one of those women who comes to work and she's just, hello, I am Placid Manager Woman and you will know nothing about me. And then and that it struck I had her in my dream. <laughs> No, it just struck me one afternoon. I was just the sitting there. <laughs> That's not what he's getting at. I oh, was okay. just sitting there, and it, it just a voice in my head said, "You know, I think she's Jewish." I don't know where, and didn't even think about this. And like six months later, we you know we're sitting there, we're talking, and she said something about going to synagogue, and I'm like, "Bam!" I don't know why I thought this particular woman was Jewish. I don't know what you know whether it was something that my brain put together that my conscious mind didn't realize, whether it was just my brain, you know, being an asshole one day, you know, it wasn't like a, uh, a horrible thing. It was just, you know, that sudden realization. Like one day I looked at my friend Chanel and I went, I bet she's black. But uh -huh. <laughs> you, I feel like the mind, uh, the, the mind is a separate entity of the brain. And I think that there are times that the mind gets bored and the mind does things and the mind goes looking for things and, you know, making patterns. And for one, you know, brief shining moment, I had a moment of realization, something that wasn't really clear to me that my brain hadn't yet put together yet. But some part of my intuitive nature went, all of this leads to this conclusion and the conclusion tended to be correct. Mm -hmm. We don't remember all the times that the conclusion is incorrect. So. I can't yeah. tell you whether you somehow tapped into the space time continuum and, you know, relive the day the music died only with football. But I can tell you that a lot of people are going to try and explain it for you and they're all going to be wrong. So I Why think are they all going to be wrong? Because well, nobody know knows yet. what goes on in Steve Plunk. And we mm, can't tell true. you, you know, even if someday they, they say yes, Psychic phenomena exist. The aliens are here, and they've been here since 1979. And Stephen was tied to the dying mind of Newt Rockney, who doesn't look anything like Ronald Reagan, I might add. 
No, he doesn't. But uh, for me, Newt Rockney should look like Ronald Reagan, even though Newt Rockney. Well, never mind. It's a, it's a lot. Looks more ago. like uh, Mickey Spillane almost. Right, 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 right. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah, he kind of does. I've met Mickey Spillane personally. Thank you very much. Still there. I have an autographed copy of I, the Jury, that Mickey Spillane personally handed to me. Actually, so do I. Because and Mickey Spillane think. was our close personal friend when we were in college together. It's correct. We personally knew him personally in a personal way, but not in a gay way. I think that... <laughs> <laughs> and again, not that there's anything wrong I, with that. And then I had the dream. <laughs> so yes, in a gay way after that. But not prior to that. <laughs> that was a retcon. <laughs> Only in my brain. I think that... It's fascinating, and half of the fun of this is that we really, we can't have an answer. We can't say, you know, did Aunt Petunia really have the shinny? We can't say, did Stephen somehow, you know, connect to an event that happened? What is it that people say, you know, Rodrigo was talking about the disaster things. There's a town a few miles from here called Stull, where people swear horrible, demonic, hateful things happen. And kids go out there in the dead of night oh, yeah, and hang around and wander around the cemetery. Yeah, is that over by Lawrence? Yeah, here yeah. Lawrence? Yeah. And, you know, they love this. And half of the fun is wandering around and trying to figure these things out or like chasing the blue light lady. Have you done that yet, Rodrigo? No. Do you know who the blue light lady is? Mm-mm. Ghost stories. Ooh. There oh, were alien stories. sightings but, in the town that I live in, mm-hmm. but that's about it. Uh, there's actually Which a really one? Bunker Hill? well-known. Yeah, yeah there's. There's, there's a dead actually a really, album about that. Is like, what is the? Uh, there's a really well known and re- well documented UFO report, mm-hmm. either between Bunker Hill and Russell. I can't remember, but yeah. it's it's one that I want to visit to see if the pattern is still there. But apparently, this kid, this little farm kid, UFO came down in the winter, burned a you know a circle, a cr- a perfect circle. circle in the in the ground. Snow would not melt there. For years, nothing would grow there. It's just mm-hmm. this dead spot. Radiation things were done. Very cool UFO story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was also like a ghost stag, apparently, like this deer stag. that was running around Russell. Ooh. And like, it, it was the kind of thing where, like, of course, this is Kansas. It's full of hunters, right? Right. And they couldn't track it down. It left no prints, but yet people kept seeing it around. Uh... Um, as far as like. The uh, it, it's funny because my mom never reacts like, oh yeah, this is cool stuff to this stuff. She like, freaks out. She doesn't like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, it's I'm gotten sorry. to the point where I'm sorry, she's Mrs. Not... Lopez, if you're listening to this now, I don't mean to freak you out with my my strange no. dreams. And, 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 lo, and, and lo siento, she's not Senor like, Lopez. She's not like, oh Lord, what's happened? Like, she's gotten to the point where she's like, okay, with and, and again, I think to people who are not who don't want to believe in this and who don't believe in this we uh, this i must sound like a total idiot right now but i mean my mom has accurately predicted things before well you predicted uh uh before mason was born mm-hmm. i had told you that my wife was pregnant and and uh, and you were like i knew it even yep. before you told me i knew yep. it because i had I, a dream about I it i predicted uh scroll brian's kid yeah um i've uh yeah so you know th- this kind of thing like I, I kind of stumbled onto it. I'm kind of like the uh, torquil tones of, of predictions. <laughs> You're our seer. Yeah, in which I just accidentally stumbled onto just by saying things. But anyway, um, you know, my grandmother stopped reading tea leaves uh-huh. because she accurately predicted somebody's death. Oh. Like This is something that to me and, and kind of to my family and, and to other people, like to a lot of people, it's like, "Oh, cool! This stuff is awesome. Like this stuff is scary, and this stuff is serious." Oh, sure it is. Um, you know, every time those zombies rise up and attack, boy, I am not right for days after. It, that. Exactly. You know, it, it, this is stuff that you know you like to think that it's going to turn out like a a a sci-fi movie with with you know. Right. Like a, a sci-fi movie that Tom Cruise is in. Right. Where, you know, the main character is not going to die, but maybe it's going to turn out like the Blair Witch Project. Right. You know, I like I'm I'm always tense when people are like, and there's supernatural phenomena in this place, so we should go check it out. I'm like, no, 
Yeah. I am not going to check it out. Because if I am actually weirdly psychically sensitive to this kind of stuff, that stuff is going to show up for me. Right. And I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> you don't want to deal with seeing specters or ghosts or anything like that if it was real? or uh, only, if, only if there was a way that I could actually make sense of it. But if it's just like, you, you know, because you never know. Like, you... Like, we just have no idea. Like, can, like, our ghosts just sitting on the other side of this mirror, basically, just, like, hanging out, and they're Candyman, like, oh, look, Candyman, a person. Candyman, we'll, We're going to try and Don't talk to them. Don't do that. And, like, <laughs> try and manipulate them or whatever. Right. You know, I, I mean, it's like, how much control do they have? Right. Uh, you know, are they actually exactly. people? Are they, like, devils or demons that are just pretending to be people? Right, right, right. I mean, you just, we just do you know, not know. And that complete lack of information, it's like sa- somebody saying, hey, look, I found a hole wide enough for a person to crawl down. Let's go check Let's it out. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Let's I, I guess uh, as far as, as the demons and all that, I mean, you, you have to have a religious... You have to have some kind of religious belief systems in order to believe that part of the of the thought process. There you go. That was the entire episode. Where it cuts off is oh. where we lost it. And Creepy. I know it's been six months, Rodrigo. Well, what do you what do you remember about that night of recording that show? Um I remember that there were reports of a ghostly cat wandering the streets. <laughs> um, I remember when Rock was young. As well as people finding strange strange things in the innards of birds. <laughs> um, but, but, but that may have just been because my dog doesn't know when to keep his nose out of things. <laughs> Now here's the here's the interesting I thing. I seem to recall that there was a cow born with two heads, blah. And the white buffalo. Yeah, it's wow. actually right outside of Colby. If you drive by, you can see <laughs> yeah. it. It's totally actually awesome. uh, it's a, in a pickle, big pickle jar right now. If, if you actually want to see it, yeah. um, Matthew. And a lot there, of people have hanging from the rearview mirror was a bloody hook. <laughs> now here's the thing, Matthew. Over the last couple of uh, months, has been saying every time I say a certain word, he's been like, "Don't say it, don't say it." Uh, and people have commented on a couple of the. Uh, posts, you know, why is Matthew so hung up on uh, Candyman? Why is he so hung up on uh, what was the name of that? What was the name of the movie? Uh, Scarecrow something. What's what was the name of the movie that he was in? Do you guys remember? Jeepers, Jeepers, Jeepers Creepers. Creepers. That's it. That's it. Matthew, are are you seriously freaked out? I mean, obviously, you know, here we say it three times and the, the show crashes. Are you seriously creeped yeah, well, out by that? Tonight, when I left work, uh, I was fun creeped out because I was sitting and I was reading on Wikipedia for the last hour. So I started, I get into like wiki bumps and I'll start just bumping and bumping and I'll look for things. And eventually I'll just go from link to link to link until I find something. Somehow today I linked to the alien abduction story of uh, Barney and uh, Betty someone from 1961. Yep. 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 Yeah. Which then... No, yeah, Betty Barney and Betty Rubble, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Brent, that's so funny. Been... <laughs> Betty, you were abducted and raped but, by aliens. <laughs> where are you going to put that? <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that led me to uh, a link about The Grinning Man. Have you guys ever heard of no, The Grinning Man? No, never heard The Grinning Man. No, Do you remember the, the Mothman prophecy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Know the Mothman prophecy very well. It, in Indra Indra Cold, Indra uh-huh. Cold was uh, one of the first examples of the Grinning Man. Essentially, okay. it was it's what may or may not be this weird alien presence, and it, you know it or they show up at certain points related to things. And I'm sitting at my desk in like you know with darkness behind me and a door behind me, totally freaked out. So I really enjoy that. Oh, it's creepy. And then we were talking, you know, we started reading about the Kentucky Goblin attack of 1951, right? You guys ever read about that? No, I don't think I have. <laughs> couple of a uh, couple of families in the early 1950s. I want to say 51 or 50. Is this the one that runs around up was on top Kentucky. of the roof? Yeah, there were actually okay. there was more than one. They saw at least two. Okay. But basically there were two families and policemen and you know respectable people getting involved in this and no one no one could explain what happened. 
And it's one of those stories where even the Project Blue Book people were, you know, they never officially did a thing, but they were all like, oh, yeah, you know, that sort of thing. Those those paranormal things are fascinating. But when you are alone in a dark room, as I am when we record the show, <laughs> it is not good to get me off on this. Do you remember uh, Whitley Stryber's Communion? Yeah, I bought that movie freaked me the hell out. Remember that movie? Oh, my God. I couldn't yeah, even you watch remember that movie. movie? Yeah, I watched that movie, and right now I keep having that creepy, freaky sensation that if I look in the kitchen, ah, ah, <laughs> you know, you know I, I'm actually going to have to turn on some lights. Quite I th- frankly, you know, I think having was, this discussion, is, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of the Art Bell stuff. And, by like. But I mean, are you seriously freaked out by whenever I mention that word? Are you are you freaked out? I mean, genuinely freaked out? Or are you just? Are you, uh, you killed the show? Steven. I didn't. You know what? The, the weird part is, if you listen to where, it, if you listen to where it ends, it's almost like a higher power is saying, "Aha! You don't believe, huh? God, there you go." Um, yeah, but, take that, uh, fucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. George Carlin sitting on a cloud. Um, but I, I'm just curious if that if that stuff uh, wigs you out. Because if it does, you have I, to I can use it, it against you in the George future. If George ended <laughs> up in the afterlife, I think he would be highly pissed. <laughs> can you imagine how irritated George would be to find out that this is all true? Yeah, that would be pretty um, funny. <laughs> if people, people often ask me, do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in spirits? Do you believe in these things? I'm like, I don't not believe in them. Yeah, covering your bases. And I think, good. you know, it, it's, in, well, yeah, it's important to look at the world and understand what you do and don't know. There are certain aspects of reality that I have down. If you want input on, you know, call center management, interpersonal right. relationships, comic book history, you know, minor bits of sales and, and, and workmanship, you know, if you want to know about, I don't know, naked women, I'm your guy. But I do not understand what the Mothman is or how those things happened. I don't understand, you know, what may or may not occur with people who claim to have spoken with dead relatives or, you know, really, you know, creepy moments. I used to love watching uh, Jack Balance on Ripley's Believe It or Not. Right, 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 right. Love that show. And I always get, you know, just that sense in the back of my head. It's not really dread. It's just that sort of what the, wow, what the, oh, this is so weird. Yeah, no, I know, you know I understand I, that. I, I think I, I honestly think you and so I, I kind of share. I think you and I share some sensibilities when it comes to that. Uh, I think you and I are alike, mm-hmm. and we've talked before off the show about uh, uh, belief systems and stuff. But that kind of stuff, I think we, you and I, are still very much alike on. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of it's just kind of weird. Rodrigo, does that kind of stuff creep you out? I mean. Is it, was, oh, this, yes. was this just uh, a coincidence of electrons colliding uh, into one another uh, that uh, caused uh, this uh, incident, uh, or was there some bigger happening? I want to believe. I I think I think the the only thing that prevents me from really thinking that this all happened on well, there's two things that that keeps me from thinking that this actually happened for a creepy reason is one that you were able to recover it. Right. Although that remains to be seen. We're still recording this. Right, 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 right. And two, it's kind I mean, we're a bunch of schmucks recording a podcast about comics, so I don't see what major cosmic implications this might have. So that's what makes me think that it might, that it's probably a coincidence, just a creepy coincidence. Um, that said, yeah, I mean, I do believe in a lot of stuff like that and it, and it creeps me out. And the funny thing is, is that sometimes I'm talking to people and I'll bring this stuff up and I expect for people to not believe me. You know, I talk about, you know, my mom being psychic and my grandma actually accurately predicting things by reading tea and stuff like that. And me being mildly psychic and you know that I am. Oh yeah. Um, Hey, Rodrigo's predicted, uh, uh, twice now. When uh, my wife has been pregnant, which then makes me start to wonder, what is Rodrigo doing around my house when I'm not around? And why are all the children (laughs) in your house dark haired with a unibrow? (laughs) And and a full beard of growth 10 days after birth. (laughs) Yep. That's right. (laughs) Like those little Mexican werewolf kids, only not so freaky. Exactly. Um, 
<laughs> no, so, I yeah, mean, that's I mean, cool. I do, I'm just, I I'm do just curious. I'm just, you know, I'm just curious if, if what I had said caused that. Do you think that that caused it, as Matthew will go on and say it did? Karma. Or was it karma, karma. or was it just a bunch of electrons that just collided at the right time to say error does not compute well, it is it, it, it is uh, but you know people try to find patterns and everything they see so right. it could just be coincidental because it's not the first show we've lost no 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 it's no not. certainly not it's 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 really that uh it's because we weren't really doing anything too complex or or, or that that actually seems worthy of having a greater power intercede Mm -hmm. that I think that it was a coincidence. Well, and I think that there are a lot of, and this is going off on me being metaphysical. So stay with me here. There are a lot of people who look at the world as simply a series of processes and that whatever it is that we perceive as consciousness is nothing more than like, you know, the neuron hum of, of you know the the things going on in our head electricity jumps across these synapses and we think that we understand it i grew up reading anything i could get my hands on including those ripley's believe it or not books um the mysteries of the unknown all of these weird weird things that i couldn't believe that you know knowing my grandmother that she had in the house but these things apparently fascinated her too and i think that there's a healthy sort of paranoia in realizing what you don't know and there's a healthy sort of paranoia in you know to this day i cannot think of the basement of my grandmother's house uh the house that was directly across the street from the only cemetery in town cannot think about that basement without being creeped out completely creeped out 40 year old man i should know better Still creeped out by that. This will tell you something. When I read Stephen King's uh, Night Shift, Midnight Shift, the story yeah, that shift, takes yeah. place in a creepy basement. Yeah. Yeah. That took place in my head in my grandmother's basement. <laughs> that is the one of the creepiest places I've ever been in yeah. my life. And, you know, it's just a basement under a modular home in the middle of Kansas across the street from the largest cemetery in the 12s. You know, I oh, hey. don't necessarily... No, but my my wife. Gets, I like to think that my wife gets creeped out about this stuff. I mean, uh, here's mm-hmm. a. I'll add to a creepy story. I don't. And again, this is in six months. We haven't listened to the entire episode that was lost, so I don't know if I've mentioned this before. But uh, one time, I was I was talking to students about you know impromptu dollies and how you could get use a wheelchair for that. And everybody says, "Oh, use a wheelchair." I was driving home one day and I saw a wheelchair sitting out in front of this house. It was a garage sale, and I haggled the woman down like ten bucks. And it was because it was essentially an estate sale. The person that had owned that wheelchair had died. Brought into the house, and my wife said, how'd you get that? And I told her where it came from. She's like, I don't want this in the house. This is this bad karma to bring something like this into the house. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was just sitting there by the door, and then it rolled about two feet back. And she's like, get it out of the house. Don't want to see it here ever again. So, you know, there's I, I can appreciate, <laughs> you know, those kind of spooky thoughts. And certainly with Rodrigo's, uh, uh, you know, psychic powers. And with my rain god powers, um, you know, yeah, you know, there, there's certainly something out there that we don't know about. And it's fun to contemplate these things and to be scared, and you know, to know in your mind that it was a movie with Richard Gere. But I think about the first time I went to the Mitchell County Museum in Beloit, Kansas. It's this little building that I think used to be a hospital or some such. Mm-hmm. But in the very top, they used to have a, um, a basically a selection of doctor's equipment, medical equipment. Right. And some of the equipment they had included caskets. Oh. And I remember being in there at like the age of, and this is making my throat dry talking about it, oh. the age of like seven or nine. It's dark up there and it's a little creepy up there. And I was up there with my friend, the stork. And. <laughs> We were just in there. There was a little coffin that was obviously a coffin for a little person. And we were looking at that and it was dark and something went thump. And at the time you got up there by going down a steel spiral staircase. Right. 
And the only way back down was down a steel spiral staircase. <laughs> and, you know, at the age of seven or nine, he was 5'11". <laughs> so you've got a six-foot gangly kid and me, who at the time would have been about four feet high and four feet wide, <laughs> trying to both go down the stairs at the same time. <laughs> and I remember being creeped out and freaked out and thinking about it now still scares me, even though I know it was basically just, you know, an empty storeroom. Right. But that was that was really fun. And that was a formative moment of my life. You know, we all used to go looking for the blue light lady in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was always fun and scary and creepy all at once. And you didn't really get that very often. I think we lost Rodrigo. Yeah, he did. We'll get him back here in a minute. Uh, we'll just let's just wrap it up yeah. here and just say. Listeners, you've heard the episode, you heard what went on, you heard what we talked about. Now it's time for you to get into the comments section up on the Majorspoilers.com website and give us feedback. Share us your thoughts. Was this really that scary of an episode or is it not? Uh, if it was, what creeped you out the most? If it wasn't, what didn't creep you out the most? Uh, and was and, it scarier in retrospect in our minds than it would ever be? In uh, you know what? To be honest, I think when I told the story, the Newt Rockney story, I think you were legitimately creeped out when I got to the end of that. Oh, yeah. I was Even though it was out, a dream. It was creepy. All right. So there we go. Listeners, weigh in, and we will talk with you on, on what, Wednesday with the next episode when we talk about I Killed Giants. Thanks a lot. We'll be back week is new we'll talk with you soon and we'll kill lots of giants for you and we'll have things we want to talk about but the spirits won't let us <laughs> if you have any questions comments topic ideas for future shows or would like to sponsor a show send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com visit majorspoilers at majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the major spoilers forum you can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven, it's like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine me In the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers is copyright 2011